Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Thirty-nine of twenty-minute Tim's. I'm your host Jamie, and I am, of course, joined by Melly. Yes, and Stephen. Merry bit between Christmas and New Year that doesn't really have a proper name, and all the days are the same. If you think we're mm. taking days off, you're absolutely wrong. Think again. Merry Gooch, gentlemen. Is um, <laughs> the is not only the Gooch, it is Glasgow Derby Week. Um, and if you've been thinking about joining us on Patreon, there has never been a better opportunity to do it in the build-up to this Glasgow Derby. Probably the most important Glasgow Derby in a decade. Certainly the most important one since we've been doing this podcast. We will be live on Patreon as we are for every game. 
But with the special Glasgow Derby build-up, we'll be live. No need to watch Sky or Celtic TV or any of these other boring people that have Chris Boyd or anyone objectionable on it. You can sign up to our 20 Minute Tim's Patreon at patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's. Get involved, join us. If you're already a patron and you want to get involved in the video chat, now is the time to upgrade, or the video content rather, now is the time to upgrade to the all-in tier and check us out. Um, I gave that a grandiose build-up, Stephen. Not our Patreon stuff, which is excellent, by the way. I gave that a grandiose build-up, but I also gave the match a grandiose build-up. The biggest Glasgow Derby weekend in a decade. As we go for 10 in a row, is that accurate? Uh, yeah, it's absolutely huge. I think we, we have to go into it. With all of what we've seen this season so far, an awful lot is riding on it. Not just the league, but really everything. Because some time ago, and the board have been leading a bit of a charmed life recently. They got Christmas off because we've had a couple of clean sheets, a couple of wins mm-hmm. against the two worst teams in the league. So it's been, it's been fine. They've had, a, they've had an okay time of over Christmas. We've given them the festive period off. But lest we forget, we were Easy. asked to... I don't <laughs> Easy with that pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Should we forget, rather, we were asked some weeks and a couple, maybe a couple of months ago to buy in to the rank mediocrity that we were seeing on the pitch and off in the hope, blind hope, that it was going to get better and it's all building towards this. So we are going to see whether the House of Cards stays up or whether it falls altogether on this day. Awful lot riding on this game. Melly, how important is this game for 10 in a row? It's huge. It's. I keep thinking Celtic have to win this game, but it's a must not lose. They yeah, cannot it's a must not afford lose. to lose this game. If they get a decent result, a draw, and they play well, you can go fair enough. We get these games in hand one, but Celtic they need to go in. And don't forget, we have got a game against Dundee United during the week, which we cannot shit the nest for. We must get a result. <laughs> we there. are really tempting fate by looking over it. We will discuss. Yeah, yeah. We will discuss, of course, the the Dundee United game as we go through the podcast. But the Rangers game, it's absolutely massive. It's the only one I can maybe... Well, I don't even know. I think it is the biggest because the only one you can really think of is the one where Celtic could have won the league against Rangers at Celtic Park. But that was pretty much a foregone conclusion because Rangers were dreadful and Celtic were good at the time. So this one, it's just one of the games where Celtic just just don't lose. Rangers set 16 points ahead of us in the league, Stephen. Celtic, I've got three games in hand to quote Jerry McCulloch. The league table is fake news. Um, <laughs> you kind of pissed in my porridge a wee bit there, Stephen, because the, narr- the narrative going into this game is that you know Celtic are starting to look a bit better. We've turned the corner. But you're very right to point out that that corner has been turned on the back of a Ross County team who just sacked their manager and got a new yeah. guy in. And a Hamilton Academicals team absolutely decimated with call-offs. So is this Celtic form? A bit of fake news as well. <laughs> uh, well, it, it might be. I think the problem we, we faced at the time was that we didn't really ever fear that Celtic couldn't get these games won. The trouble is it got so bad that they did start to fail in these games, such as Ross County in the Cup, as mm. uh, St Johnston. It was these these kind of so-called smaller games that Celtic started to falter in. But it's always been the big games that have been the fear this season because, you know, systematically, one by one, we have failed in every single big game we've played this season. So this, the Rangers game, represents another one of those. So I don't know how much we can take from the the results themselves. Obviously, we'll look into how Celtic played and the formations and all that involved because those are pertinent, those are relevant to the game we're going to play. But as far as beating those teams goes, I don't know how much it actually says about the team, having to, you know, quote... (laughs) 
turned the corner as of the thing we've been talking about for weeks on end. Do you not think it was quite nice beating Ross County and Hamilton without conceding? It just felt like, oh, it yeah. feels like good old times. <laughs> like, oh, we didn't really get troubled. We just went out there and won games. Whereas this season, every game's been a bit of a, oh no, there's been problems within it with these two games. We just got the job done professionally and that's what Celtic need to get back to doing. Yeah, I mean, we can still remember the cup final. That was yeah. the harem scarem. That was an absolute... Mm shit show defensively the cup final we had reasons to believe that things weren't looking up and you know Rangers in the past couple of weeks have not been at their absolute flying strongest self they've started to concede goals they've started to get late wins they in fact they got beaten and conceded three goals by St Mirren so it's the stars are aligning a wee bit here Rangers are starting to look you know maybe they're starting to think maybe they're no invincible and Celtic are starting to look a bit like their old selves a bit more professional there's no doubt though Melly that Celtic are all but written off in, in quarters for this game, aren't they? Celtic are going into this game here and nobody really expects us to get anything from it. No, and it's I can't remember uh, the last time that even myself and other Celtic fans are dreading a game like this so much because so much rides on it. I mean, if we lose, it's all but done and it's January and that's unacceptable unacceptable for Celtic and we then find out if that happens what the board are going to do because they said they go and have a look at it in January well 2nd of January you're going to have to have a look at it but Celtic they need to get a result here it's it's absolutely huge and it's getting to the point where now all this time I've been building up to it saying I'm not looking forward to this I'm starting to turn the corner now each wee win from Celtic has got me believing that bit and I just know I just hope my heart's not rolling my head again let me put my cards on the table here Stephen Celtic can win this game 100% I think Celtic can go yeah. Ibrox and win this game we've been written off before and yeah, I know we're not great I know we're down but we're not out Celtic are not out by any manner of means here we have got quality players. We've got a team that wants to win, a team that knows what's at stake here. And I think you write Celtic off at your peril. Rangers have done well, but they're no invincible and, and they've not they've no came up against us as as we should be. They beat us at Celtic Park at the beginning of the season, but we were missing a lot of players. The team was in, you know, the team was struggling. We started with Patrick Lamala up front. That's not going to happen again. So this is a real test that Rangers have got and I, honestly, I, I would like to think Rangers have written us off. I don't see it, but I would like to think they've written us off because I think we could really sting them and I'm starting to think back to last season, that game at Ibrox where Johnny Hayes got the winner. We were in a very similar position yeah. mentally there. You know, Nobody really thought we were going to get anything from that game. We came away with a win. The League Cup final, we got battered in that game. We managed to come away with a win. Celtic are capable of doing it and look if we do I, I agree with you Melly it's a must not lose a draw is Rangers dropping points and that's that's good enough for us having Rangers drop points it keeps our fingertips on it but a win I think changes the complexion of this whole league oh, if we yes. beat Rangers here and win our games in hand that's four points I think by my maths that Rangers Rangers are ahead in the league correct that's a completely different picture it's game on at that point yeah, as what we're saying here, so a bit it's a real six pointer. Are we going <laughs> down that road? A real sixteen pointer here. <laughs> no, hundred percent. All we can do is really be as optimistic as we can about it. There have been shades of this in the past. I don't know if there was quite as much riding on it, quite as much at stake in terms of Celtic's future. But even as recently as you know, the Johnny Hayes one's a good example. Prior to that, there was the game, the three-two game at Ibrox. We turned up to that. Not necessarily underdogs, but the narrative around that game was that this is the one where they're going to do it. They're going to get themselves back into the title race. This is when the pendulum swings mm. and then they scored in the first few minutes and everybody thought, oh no, they're going to do it here. So we've been in similar positions prior to this, just maybe not as 
from such a kind of weak vantage point in terms of the way Celtic have played this season, I don't know if we've ever been in such kind of such a low ebb going into one of these games with such such a lot riding on it. Yes, Celtic have put together a couple of decent results there. And let's not forget Leo, as much as I'm kind of being a wee bit churlish about the a wee bit facetious about the you know the quality of the opposition that Celtic have beaten. They did beat Leo and we said at the time it's not meaningless because that's a good team there. That's at least something to hang our hat on. But in, in terms of... I mean, we can turn it on. I mean, yeah. if you want to take positives from this game, we're not going to sit and moan about it, right? All podcasts. But if you want to take positives from this game, guys, Celtic can turn it on. The problem is they, they turn it on for 25 minutes and then have a complete brain fart at the back and, and just ship. Yeah. You know, we're, we're scoring plenty of goals. The problem is we're shipping goals. Our defensive organisation is really poor. And we're, we're, we spend vast swathes of these matches not competing. And and that and if what Celtic need to do is, and what obviously they've been trying to do, they need to dig deep and find those moments, Melly, where we have competed, where we have been strong. Like these like these periods of time against Milan and the periods against Lille and at times in the game in the cup final we were good. And we need to just pull those out and, and be more like that. I know it's it's very cliche to say, be more good, good. All I'm saying here is, remember when you were good, we'll be more good for longer. <laughs> but what I'm saying is Celtic have shown that they can do it this season. It gives me cause for hope. Yeah, of course, we, we can do it. I, I fully believe we can. And we've seen the Lille game really gave Celtic a shot in the arm because that was beating a very good team. From that, we went out and beat Kilmarnock 2-0. We, we, we dominated the game and went out and won that without any real problems, barely conceding shots. So uh, the Hearts game set us back a wee bit. Um, but then after that we've went on and beat Ross County and Hamilton and the thing I liked about those games is I can't remember any clear cut chances for the other team you thought oh we look ropey we barely gave away a chance and no matter what opposition you're up against you usually do give away a chance and as we assume with Celtic this season we give away so many chances but we haven't done that and with the way Celtic were we were at rock bottom confidence wise but we've been getting that up and getting that up and players seem to be get, working their way back into games I thought during the Ross County game there was a wee bit of greediness or selfishness from selfishness from players where they where they took on a shot to try and get themselves a goal instead of passing it who's that Melly? <laughs> who are we talking about <laughs> but in the in the Hamilton game after we've had two 2-0 wins in the league that we we sort of earned that out and it was just a thoroughly professional performance where you wanted your two strikers to score we got everything from that game and the conditions in it were horrible now since the Lille game things have looked good apart from in one game and we know what happened in one game that didn't happen in the three games we've not conceded in so Celtic need to go into this game doing the exact same things they did in this and yes I am referring to Scott Brown playing we'll get to that in a minute we'll get to Scott Brown playing I'm coming for you son I'm coming for you we'll get to Scott Brown playing in a minute but look just to shed some light on how different things can be this time around Rangers are missing, I think they're missing Scott Arfield and, and and Ryan Jack, potentially. But look, let me read you out the lineup from the Celtic game that we lost 2-0, right? And you tell me how many changes you want or expect to see. For those people who probably can't remember, you probably all can't remember, Vasilis Barkas was in goal. Stephen Welsh played in a back three with Shane Duffy and Christopher Ayer. Frimpong, Scott Brown, Olivier Cham played. McGregor, Laxalt, Patrick Clamalla played and Mo Elianusi. I would be very surprised to see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those players start this game <laughs> at, the, at the weekend. If I'm being charitable, you're not going to see Welsh, you're not going to see Barkas. I'd be amazed to see Encham, you're not going to see Brown, you're not going to see Klamala, and I'd be amazed if we see Elianusi. And I think 
it's a toss-up whether Laxal starts or Taylor starts. So we mm. could start this game with seven changes, Stephen. Yeah, and it kind of makes a mockery of what Neil Lennon has been complaining about for weeks and that all he needs is a consistent choice because, and it's something I'm sure we'll get into as well, we're now on formation number three of the season. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or at least uh, formation, I mean, I know formations change within games, but at least the, the formation that we've turned up to games intending to play we're on number three of the season and many, many changes. We've talked about that last week as well, the amount of changes we've seen up front and at the back. So I'm not really surprised that we've seen an almost, you know, kind of 80% change in the team since from one Rangers game to the next. The, the new formation, the 4-4-2 diamond, has only really become, you know, prevalent or come into effect in the last two games. So... With anything that happened in those two games, I suppose we would have to assume that it is with one eye, at least one eye on this game. I don't think we would be experimenting with things in those games if it wasn't at least going to be our going concern for the next couple of games, including the trip to Ibrox. I'd be amazed, unless this is some sort of rope-a-dope that Neil Lennon has come up with where he's playing this mm. formation in the lead-up to the Rangers game and then completely switches it. I'd be amazed if that's, if that's not the formation we see at Ibrox. I think this two up front that Neil Lennon came up with last season, by all accounts, it was a solution to the Rangers' problem. That's why he came up with it. And we never got a chance to see it against Rangers because, you know, the season was curtailed. Well, it was paused in the day before the the, the, yeah. the Glasgow Derby yeah. last season, at the very last minute. Then the, se- the whole season was curtailed. So Neil Lennon's not really had a chance to play this two up front. And I think we're quite fortunate that Griffiths and Edwards back because that's the two up front that... He obviously intended to play against Rangers and some of their interplay in that Hamilton game was really encouraging. It's good to see that they're getting back into the swing of things. So I think we can work on the basis. I think there's enough evidence there, Melly, to work on the basis that this 4-4-2 diamond is the formation that we're going to see. Looking back at some of Rangers' lesser results this season, teams who crowd the midfield, teams who play five in midfield, four in midfield, they're the ones that are getting results against Rangers. So is this a, is this the a sensible approach to take? I'm a bit torn right now because I think the three-five-two we did try it earlier this season, but the personnel just wasn't there to do it. I mean, you're never going to pick Elianus and Klamal up front as your first, second, or third no. choice strike partnership. So it's all about last season getting Griffiths and Edward in there. And a bit surprised Neil Lennon's went with it, but with the lack of right wingers we have right now and Elianusi in and out of form is maybe something that it was worth trying. Whether it works against Rangers or not, I have my doubts. Rangers are very good down the wings, so they're both a fullbacks get forward, and Kent and Roof or whoever they play on the other side get forward an awful lot. And that's the main weakness of a four-four-two diamond is you can get caught out wide, which means your centre midfielders have a hell of a job. Now the diamond can work, but it has to be a well-drilled formation and Celtic are only going to get what, three games out of it before they go to Ibrox and as we've seen this season Celtic don't look very well coached so it could be a problem there but with the two up front Rangers really play against that and if we can pin their centre halves and full backs back or if the full backs do go on have our strikers in the space between the centre back and full back we might be able to get some joy there and you're right Rangers have struggled against teams that flood the midfield and if we can get the diamond in there and get 4v3s in there we could get some joy in that I think another thing is if we're playing this diamond and lead up to the game Stephen in midfield it'll give Rangers a, a, they'll maybe need to switch their formation up a wee bit and it, we might find them playing in a formation in a style that they're uncomfortable with there's also pressure on Rangers in this game 
out with you know the formation, the psychological stuff. Rangers have never been in this position before. Ever been no. in this position before. This Rangers team hasn't. These players haven't. If they lose that, it could be a huge psychological victory for us. Uh, of course, because you know, if you look at Rangers' season so far, they've only lost that one game to St Mirren, Europe included. They've been undefeated in you know probably what, 28, 29 games or so by now. I'd, I would have to look into it, but it's been you know, quite a bit of the season they've gone undefeated. The first defeat that comes in the league is going to be a huge blow because you know, we would have talked about this at the time when Celtic were doing it. When Celtic were going the invincible season, we would have talked to the, along the same lines about how you know you don't want to lose that psychological advantage. You don't want to break that your know, quote winning mentality if you buy into things like that. So Rangers will be acutely aware of what the first big defeat of the league season will mean in terms of going forward and especially not to Celtic where from their point of view, they want to keep us as far back as possible. You yeah. know, don't want to let us back in. If we were, if the roles were reversed, this is how we'd be talking about it. You don't want to give them any of the psychological advantages at all. And they will not want to, to lose this game because, as you say, it's, it's all new to them. So one defeat and you never know, it could all crumble. But that's that's where Celtic's responsibility comes in. They have to be up for this and they have to absolutely deal that blow. Aye, we certainly do. And what gives me, you know, I'm not going into this game with blind faith that I think Celtic are definitely going to no. win it. But what I'm looking for as a fan as well is I'm just looking for areas of which Celtic can win the game and reasons why I think Celtic can win the game. And another reason I think Celtic can win the game is because I still believe we've got the better players. Now, on form, we're not going to do this pick your best combined 11 thing because I think that was very cut and dried a couple of seasons ago. You know, yeah. Rangers barely wouldn't get anyone in it. But now you're looking at it there's probably an argument for their goalkeeper. There's probably an argument for their fullbacks. There's maybe an argument for one or two of their midfielders. Just based purely on the form that we are yeah. showing just now, right? But class is permanent, form is temporary, and, and that's what they say. We'll see on that, Jay. To, to be honest, well, I know we're trying to be careful about it here, but to be honest, in form, I don't think we get a single player into the eleven. Not one. This from this season's form, I don't think there's a case to be made for any Celtic player to to get into theirs. I know we've got bigger names and better players on paper, but as far as form goes, certainly not keeper, certainly none of the defence whatsoever. No. And there's there's maybe discussions. Aye, Rangers are the form team, aren't they? Aye, that's just that's just an absolute fact. Yeah. yeah that's just that's an a long and short of it. Having the better players versus this formation, this is where I start to get a wee bit worried about it as well, because what something Melly said earlier about having it drilled well, the formation, I think, is of utmost importance here because I think having the, quote, better players on paper sometimes works against Celtic in their preparation for these things. If we're going to play this formation, it has pros and cons. I can see both, but what absolutely needs to happen is people have to have positional discipline, and I worry mm. about that because sometimes it looks like Neil Lennon is still going with the philosophy that but we've got brilliant players out there. Something will eventually happen. We'll get a goal out of nowhere. Odson Edward will produce magic. Ryan Christie will score for 40 yards. If we're going to turn up to Ibrox and play this formation, we can't have Ryan Christie just drifting all over the pitch as if he's, you know, as if he's someone yeah. like Ronaldinho or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean to sound kind of cheeky Ryan about that. Ryan <laughs> <laughs> R10. But he has to stick to his... If he's on the right of it, as opposed to the tip... He can't drift off and, and do whatever he likes and leave Frimpong or Ayer, whoever the case is, at the right back. Can he just leave him exposed because on the wings they are very strong, as Melly has already discussed. It has to be, as Melly said, well drilled and we have to have a huge amount of 
positional and tactical discipline within that system for it to work. I'm not against it, nor am I for it, because I can see that your know, weaknesses and strengths are in it, but it must be very sharply worked on. If Celtic are going to get a result here, we have to do the basics that we didn't. We just simply didn't do it in the first game. Look at Rangers' two goals, both from set pieces or the second phase from set pieces. That has to be cut out instantly. And look, that game could have been different if Celtic had defended better. But Celtic, to be honest, didn't really deserve it out of the game. But when you look at, if you're looking at the team that's most likely to play for Celtic. Compared to the first game we played them, there's so many more goals in the team. Edward, Griffiths, Christie and Turnbull straight away. That's what maybe our four top goal scorers mm. this season, mm, give or yeah. take L, you know, say. So there's more goals in the team. Even simple things like Turnbull's delivery from set pieces is so much a more improvement because in the last game we had two strikers that... Well, El Yunus—he's not an out-and-out striker. Clamar's not much of a striker. But even when we get set pieces, we didn't look threatening at all because we couldn't get it past the first man. So Celtic can do the very basics right here. We're in for it. We could be in for much better. And as you said, Jamie, Rangers have never been in this position. But see if Celtic beat Rangers on the second of January. They've been in that position before, where January it turns for them. So mm. psychological is absolutely huge for Celtic. So we all admit that the psychology of the game is very, very important. And with that in mind, I just want to know out of the midfield diamond, Melly, who you're dropping so Scott Brown can play? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> it's, three clean it's, sheets in the last three games. Scott Brown hasn't played in the last three games. Ismail Soro has been there. We discussed him on the reaction pod a couple of weeks ago. Was it last week? Recording so many podcasts at the moment. And my my um, my verdict on Soro is he's a good player, if a little undercooked. And all this talk about discipline and all that sort of stuff. I know Scott Brown isn't the most disciplined player in the world. But I think this game, this occasion, and the occasion does get to players. We've just been spent the last 10 minutes talking about the psychology of it and the psychology of the game. So we can't discount that now. I see a scenario where Scott Brown starts and I'm not that pissed off about it, to be honest with you. I'll be majorly pissed off about it. I, c I cannot see why. If Depending on how the game goes on Wednesday night. But if Celtic go into this game... Say with three clean sheets when Scott Brown hasn't played and change it and get beat. It's all on Neil Lennon then. Now Scott Brown is he's been there, done it. But Scott Brown is overcooked if you're going to say that Sorrow is <laughs> undercooked. Mm. The only way Sorrow is going to get better is if well he keeps, done. Is keeps playing. And he's played well in every single game he's done. He's not been outstanding because in that role you don't really need to be. In games against Ross County and Hamilton, you don't really want to see Sorrow being the main man. But I feel everything good Celtic do comes from Sorrow starting something. Now, in this formation, you need to have two wing-backs that are, can get up and down, that are fit. Also, you need a defensive midfielder sitting in front of the defence, giving them protection, who's able to move about. And the two central midfielders have to be very fit because they need to shuttle and cover out wide as well. Now, if you bring Scott Brown into that, I think it all falls down because he simply can't get about, which means McGregor and Turnbull are going to have to cover more, which means our full-backs aren't going to be able to get forward as much because they can't rely on Brown getting over quickly enough. And that is how Celtic are going to hurt them. We have to be strong in that midfield. And then when we get the ball, Christie, Edward and Griffiths, we have to get the ball to them quickly and spring on them. Now, if you put Scott Brown into that, that's where I think the house of cards falls down. Sadly, I agree with both of you because uh, I agree with everything Melly has just said about the system and the, the house of cards potentially falling down. But I also agree that, well, it's not so much agreeing, it's more acknowledging what Jamie said about how you know, would he be surprised if Scott Brown plays because you know that's basically what Celtic do yep. and that's what Neil Lennon does 
my opinion is that there is no justification to play Scott Brown in this game other than fear of the unknown, a sort of existential yeah. dread about what would happen if Scott Brown doesn't play in these games. But what I would say about that See is... See the Hearts game? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. I don't think life post Scott Brown is going to be quite as scary as people think. I think we've already seen a couple of times over the last you know, several seasons what happens. Suppose it, I mean, I'm being very selective here because it backs up my point, and that's my, that, I'm allowed to do that. Aye, I'm just, on, to, yeah. just to just pick the things that back up your own point, right? I'll, I'll, Ex- exactly. I'll take on that's the job of defending Scott Brown here, the poor guy. <laughs> right, well, what I would say is there's been a couple of times in recent seasons, not all that recently the first time, but there's been a couple of times where Scott Brown has come out of the team and everything was not only fine, everything was actually very good. So my, I, I just seek to highlight the fact that not having Scott Brown in any given team for any length of time isn't that scary. It's you know Celtic can survive without him. The first time would have been when under Rodgers he came out of the team and Celtic played some of the best football of the season yep. with you know what was it McGregor, Christine Rogic who would have been yes. at the time. That midfield three of that, everything was fine. Played some great stuff and very recently, just in the last four weeks or so. Celtic have a formation and system and lineup has kind of fallen into laps when they used the squad against Leo. And I would maybe even make a case, speculative as though it is, that finding these two players that were right under our noses under the whole time has been the sole driving factor in the kickstarting of the season. A mini kickstart, granted, it's only been a few games, but Sorrow and Turnbull being injected into this team has made Celtic somehow find a new lease of life in this season. I think well, it would be daft to ignore that and, and just to bin it in favour of just a kind of vague notion of fear about what might happen if you know, Scott Brown's not there to lead the team on and all these cliches. So, in, in a footballing what, perspective, what you're I just saying don't see is, it. What you're saying is Celtic are learning to ride a bike and Scott Brown is the dad holding the back of the saddle. And what right, you're saying yeah. is there's a lot of I, people afraid of what happens when Scott Brown lets go of the saddle but ultimately will be okay. Is that basically I, what you're saying? And then I suppose in this analogy, as well, isn't he? uh, I suppose in this analogy, if Scott Brown is the dad holding the saddle, we're actually we're already cycling without him. We've just looked back, and all of a sudden, oh, our dad let go, you know, fifty feet ago, and we didn't know. We've just been cycling this whole time because we d- we didn't mm. have the fear. That's what I'm suggesting we should do. I don't know. I really don't. I mean, to to shoehorn in another analogy here, though, <laughs> is Scott Brown the water wings? And we think we're swimming, but all we've been doing is just bobbing up and down in the spot because we can touch the ground already, Melly. Well, possibly, but uh, the results the results have improved when Scott Brown's not been there. So it's so confusing now. If if I'm looking at the game, I think Sorrow playing just makes perfect sense. The, I just don't can't see what what good Brown will do. Scott Brown coming on in seventy minutes of Celtic are one 0 up or drawn. Ideal for me, but I think if they start with Scott Brown in this. It's going to be a cauldron no matter what because there's no fans there, but Rangers are going to be flying in this game if their form's anything to go by. So having somebody in there that slows a team down in an away game is absolutely mental for me. I know. I think if if there was a formation that existed that got uh, Scott Brown and Soro and McGregor and Turnbull and Christie and Edward all on the pitch at the same time, then I would probably go for it. What, why do you want Scott Brown in there apart from the fact that he's, he's Scott Brown? What, what, what is the thing that you're seeing that you've seen recently in the games he's played and the games we've played out? And what do you see that he will bring to this team? I think because Scott if Brown, you watch the Hearts game, 
he didn't bring any of the qualities we needed when he was on the pitch. No, I know what you're saying. And to be honest, there is an element of what Stephen says about a bit of a, afraid of the unknown. I feel a lot more, I feel a lot more comfortable with Scott Brown on the pitch. But, he, but you know, what you've done is you've said, well, Celtic didn't play well in a game that Scott Brown played. Therefore, Scott Brown doesn't make Celtic play well. And that's not, you know, if Scott Brown didn't play well, then how do we know that Hearts might not won that game? 3-2 because Scott Brown was a catalyst for Lee Griffiths' goal at the end so you can't just fair enough but he sees the only difference in the other three games that we've played without him so I, but I'm also talking about the level of competition here I'm talking about how much is at stake I'm, I want guys in the trenches that have been there and done it you know we don't we, know we, how Sorrow re- oh, sorry that's embarrassing I've, I should have turned oh. that off uh, I've actually I've got an app on my phone that goes off when this podcast goes full sell like that I'll just sorry I'll just switch that <laughs> off <laughs> fuck off it's really no, embarrassing I'm sorry I, I should mean, turn I'm that off what is, what is Soros Soros played a handful of games right a handful of, play, fair enough he played well against he's played a handful of games against Ross County and Hamilton two teams by the way and two results of which we both kind of wrote both there's three of us here all three of us more, more, or, more or less wrote off right Scott Brown is a player that knows how to win Rangers games he knows right. how to do it he's, he's played with these players before you throw wee Sorrow in there did, did, did that app beep against Stephen? <laughs> sorry I caught it that time did I caught please, it just as it was about just, to go off I, just, I <laughs> just mute your phone if, if you could please um, uh, look on the flip side of my argument plenty of players have been thrown in in a Glasgow Derby uh, debut or, or succeeded in their Glasgow Derby debut and if you had my attitude I appreciate no one would ever play in a Glasgow derby because we yeah. keep be pulling the players off that we're yeah. used to playing. No one would ever there's get no fans a... here as well, so it's it's not the same anymore because there's not going to be the the fifty thousand Huns getting on Soros back. They can just go out and try and impose themselves in the game rather than have the fans try and impose the game. But I, I honestly cannot see any argument for Scott Brown playing. Look, if if Soros plays right, I'm not going to be saying Scott Brown should have played. That's and not. Celtic what still be. might get beat, but. But what I'm saying is if Scott Brown starts the game, I'm not going to be particularly exercised about that fact. That's that's what I'm saying. I can see a reason for starting Scott Brown. Now look, if Scott Brown plays the first half hour and it's clear it's not working, you can sub him. Likewise with Sorrell. They'll definitely be on the bench. They will not sub him. They won't sub Scott Brown? Oh, absolutely. No, if he's not, not having a good... Not- not in the first half, he'll give it to 60, 70 minutes so it doesn't embarrass him. Well, the, the, well true. The, but, the, but the option's there. I just don't think that... Again, I just think Soros a wee bit undercooked and I would feel more comfortable going into this game with Scott Brown in midfield. But I know that's contrary to almost what every other Celtic fan thinks. I can hear the voices. I can hear Stephen's yeah. app. I can see your faces. <laughs> I can see your uh, yeah, I can see your faces. But uh, I, I, I just think I, I wouldn't be too perturbed with Scott Brown starting this game. I can see a logic behind it, but I can also agree with you, Melly. How, how about that? Will that stop me getting slagged after you two? <laughs> no. Is that enough? Have I conceded enough? Have I conceded, <laughs> have I conceded enough ground? That's that's what every every opinion in this podcast is formed on. Me, me, or one of other others getting slagged for our opinion, yeah. and then we just concede <laughs> enough ground until the slagging stop. That's 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 how you get consensus. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I think we can also agree that it's going to be Griffiths, Edward up front, Christie, Turnbull, McGregor, Sorrow, Brown. What about the back four? But do you change it? Because most likely Duffy will be back fit. We've seen Ayer do very well at right back. Would you keep Ayer, Duffy, Julian and Taylor Alaxa? What defence are you going with? Because that's the only maybe other other wee changes we could make. Nah, I think you need. To, I think it needs to be Frimpong. I think if you have Ayer down there, you're sort of getting rid of some of that width that we we've already said is so important. Um, Stephen, if you could just keep an eye on that up, just after, just for a yep. second. Uh, I, want, I just want to see Shane Duffy play as well, <laughs> um, and Christopher Ayer at the back, uh, purely purely on the basis that Shane Duffy. Uh, owes is one he's got a point to oh prove boy, does I. he's got a point to prove in these games so I, I want to see him play I'm very comfortable with Christopher Ayer at the back um, dropping Jules that's the, that's the problem I've got because I, I like Jules and he plays well against Rangers and look it's it's a it's a bit of a it's a very very tough choice at the back but again whether it's Duffy or Julian, I'm not going to be too fussed they both represent an aerial threat they're both good defenders I suppose it really depends on who plays up front for Rangers? Mm. Well, that's a good but we point. Won't know, I mean, we won't know that when we pick our team anyway. So yeah, it's almost a moot point. That, that's a good point about the aerial threat because something that Julian and Duffy both provide is you know goals from yeah. the, as Melly described earlier, the, the vastly improved set pieces since Turnbull came into the team. That was the difference the last time. It was a Connor Goldson brace, <laughs> secured a brace against Celtic, embarrassingly so. 
that, that could be the difference if it's going to be small margins it could be that Duffy and Julian causing it in the Rangers box you know that's a that's an advantage that Celtic could gain but does MD really inform in terms of you know defensively Julian missed the last game because of probably the, the surface I think I think that's probably the only reason he sat out that game Duffy's had a nightmare all season but part of me you know, and I've, I've switched the app off altogether now. Part of me would Aye. very, very it off much enjoy. You're about to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. That's how it works on this podcast. Unbelievable. Part of me would very much enjoy seeing Shane Duffy score at Ibrooks, regardless of fans there or not. Oh, I would yeah. very much enjoy that. Can I see it happening? I, so I suppose I could. Absolutely. Aye, absolutely. He's good at it. Yeah, it's, it's the problems he's had at the back aside, he is good in there and he's good. Well, in the opposition box, he's got three goals this season so far, just from absolutely towering bullet headers. So that is a weapon that Celtic do have at their disposal. I suppose it just depends what else they value. Ayer has been good at right back recently, but he's an altogether different player to Frimpong, and Frimpong yeah. was all right in the last couple of games as well, or in the last game at least, anyway. So there are, for a change, there are positive, you know, selection headaches in defence. The problems haven't been solved altogether at the back. A couple of clean sheets is very encouraging because we were an absolute sieve. What was it, conceding somewhat 33 goals in 15 games or something? Mm-hmm. God awful at that. So at least that has been stemmed a bit. The problems haven't been solved, but at least there are slightly positive, as I said, selection headaches rather than just cobbling something together. I think, you know, there is an argument for playing Julian and Aya given the mobility of the Rangers front three and mm. mobility isn't particularly... Shane Duffy's strong point, Melly. It's not, and with this formation, you know, if you're getting your word from the fullbacks, Frimpong will sort of, if it's Frimpong, he'll push on, which means sometimes the ball might be in behind him. So that maybe pulls the centre backs out. This is a weakness of this game. So this is where we have to get sorrow and everybody needs to be on point. This is maybe why I think Celtic would be better off starting with Christopher Ayer right back, Duffy, Julian, and I'd go with Taylor. Due to the fact that, yes, maybe we'll lose, lose a bit of width from Frimpong, but if you're going on by the way you think, Jamie, then you want guys that have been there and done it in the trenches. Frimpong, Frimpong's played once against Rangers last season, maybe once this season. He's been sent off one and he was very, very quiet in the other. So if you're going with that, maybe Celtic would be better building their way into the game, having a solid back four, trying to get something from the set pieces and allowing their strikers to really make the difference whereas if we start off with Frimpong and we go behind we're chasing the game then I think Neil Lennon it will be on his mind that we need to work our way into this game build our way in and keep the ball keep it central because that will work in this formation whereas if we have Frimpong I just feel he might get a wee bit lost in the game And look Duffy could do the exact same but I think Duffy Julian Ayer and Taylor's a wee bit more solid, especially with Connor Hazard as a bit of an unknown as well. We might be looking at set pieces in attack and defence, but I find myself trying to build my team around what I would pick and just what Neil Lennon would pick. And I wouldn't even be surprised to see Neil Beaton flung in there because he played well against him last year. That's a Lenny curveball. Mm. Hold on a wee minute. Before you start before you start your anti-Neil Lennon bail, before you start your anti-Neil Lennon bail. Every um, big game, a curveball. Well, you're right. Every big game, there is a curveball. Neil Lennon likes a curveball. Another thing that Neil Lennon likes to do is is play conservatively from time yeah. to time. And I would not be surprised, Stephen, if all this talk about the four four two diamond was chucked right in the bin oh. and we went back to the four two three one that we saw away from Lee when we managed to get that draw. Because they, another approach Celtic could take with this game is we don't have to win it. We just have to not lose it. And mm. 
by resorting to a 4-2-3-1 with Edward up front in his own, Elianusi could play, Ryan Christie could play, or Mikey Johnson, who's been Mikey making Johnson, some fleeting yeah. appearances, could play. A 4-2-3-1 might give us a wee bit more security. So we've assumed that Celtic are going to approach this game in the front foot. Do you see a scenario where maybe we play it a bit more cautious? We just we just leave it a wee while, try and get us, as Melly said, work ourselves into the game slowly because Rangers will be dying. To, if they know if they win this game, the league's over. So if they mm, come out yeah. having dropped points at Ibrox against us, whether it's two points or they win or they, they lose the game, it, 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 it is an advantage for us. Yeah, and I suppose this is why I was saying things along the lines of I can see the merits, I can see the strengths and weaknesses in this 4-4-2 diamond. 4-2-3-1 would be the most natural thing to fall back on if it's not going to be the diamond, I suppose, because it's structurally more similar than the 3-5-2 would be, I reckon, on paper. Gives you increased width if you were to play the 4-2-3-1 as well because you would have you know, kind of more natural wingers in the team maybe, as you've mentioned there, you know, say... It lets, and you, play, yep, and it lets you play higher at right back. It lets you play higher at right yeah, back yeah. if you've got natural wingers on. So uh, I know this is all, we're all expecting a Lenny curveball and all that, but... Celtic have sort of found form, found a formation where they're not conceding their scoring and they've got two strikers scoring right now in Edward and Griffiths. Now, if we go one up front, one of them has to drop out. And who, who do you drop out? Griffiths has got three and three. Edward's playing well and looking more like himself with somebody up there with him. Again, if Lennon changes this and it falls apart, he's got nobody <laughs> to blame but himself because you've got two guys up front scoring. And I, I, can't, I keep having me this wee thought in the back of my head that Celtic are going to get a result here, whether it's a draw or a win, but the guy that scores the goal for Celtic isn't Griffiths or Edward, it's Ayeti comes off the bench and is the hero. Mm. So if he doesn't go with two up front, my premonition is not going to come true. 4-4-2, flat 4-4-2, big man and wee man up front. <laughs> Edward, Edward playing the Vinegar of Hesselink role for uh, Griffiths' Scott McDonald. There's, there's how we get the game one. <laughs> Formation issues aside, and we've discussed a lot of selection issues as well that Celtic have got. Um, in fact, the, the very fact that we're not too sure what Celtic team are going to turn up means that Rangers are probably not sure what Celtic team are going to turn up. Let's just hope we're not getting the squad leak like happened last time. Yep. You know, Neil Hi, Lennon was pretty pissed off. I think he tried to play a curveball, having Rangers expect Edward starting, and then the curveball came and everybody knew that it was Klamala, which was absolutely mental. So let's, let's try and not have that happen this time. But I think Celtic's biggest selection worry for me I say, you know, Brown and Soro doesn't keep me up at night. However, um, Connor Hazard or Barkas or Bain at the back keep, does keep me up at night a little mm. bit. Um, I think it's going to be Connor Hazard and go. At the end of the day, the guy has, as much as I don't think he's a better goalkeeper than Barkas, he was given an opportunity and he took it, which is yep. something Scott Bain evidently didn't do. So there's there's merit, there's merit for playing him. Barkas has some curve, curveball yeah. to change your keeper for the game. <laughs> Unbelievable. Barkas has beyond even Lennon. Aye, Barkas hasn't settled. So whatever it takes to get Barkas back in the team, or if he's ever going to be back back in the team, I think that that experiment is on pause. I don't, I'm not saying Barkas was a failed signing. I don't believe for a minute that you know a Greek international goalkeeper playing the Champions League and all the rest of it for AK Athens, five million euros. I don't think we bought a dud. I think the stories about him failing to settle are probably more accurate. Yeah. Free of context, I suppose, taken in isolation on the surface of things, he is at this point a dud. He is a flop, as is a Yeti, because of their you know, complete lack of impact. But it would be a bit ignorant of us to ignore the fact that there are stories out there where he's, he's basically failed to, to settle. And, you know, that's that shouldn't be ignored, to be honest. 
the end result you can does decide, is the same. You can make you can decide whether or not you're going to buy into this context. You can, he, yeah. you know, if if someone comes to you and says, "Here's the story, by the way, about Barkas," you can either decide to take that on board or ignore it. You can just go yeah, flop. Yeah. And that's why I was so annoyed right. at that. That that's why I was so annoyed at that article from Hugh Evans recently about what was the what was the headline? If Hazard plays, then it's an embarrassment to Celtic signing policy. And I thought to myself, what what sort of journalist first of all writes that about a young player and a Hazard's going to read that Hazard's going to see that and you're thinking why would you write something so pointedly negative towards a young goalkeeper and it come up to a big mm-hmm. game and secondly yeah. the journalists know the stories we know about players struggling to settle and all that sort of stuff so that it's just a, it's a headline devoid of all context painted a negative light about a young player it was an absolutely bizarre thing to read um, I, I think Hazard's going to play I'm becoming more and more comfortable with it as I've said I don't think merely that Hazard is technically a better goalkeeper than maybe even well, he's better than Bain, to be honest with you. Uh, better than Barkas. However, he's had a chance, he's taken it, and he's only going to get better with games. I think so, but the, the problem we've seen with... Well, that it's not the problem we've seen, it's the problem we haven't seen. I don't really know if he's that good. A bit like Barkas, though, he's not yeah. had those those big saves yet. I, I don't really know if he's had a chance to. And Celtic, in the, the past few games, been more solid that... He hasn't really had the opportunities. He's grabbed crosses and all that when he's needed to, but he hasn't had any chances to make big saves. And if you're going into this game, we all presume he will start because it'd be absolute crazy for him not to, if he does play against Dundee United. But I just worry about him because we've seen in the Hearts game when he comes for crosses, he's not very good. And Rangers' main thing is getting the ball to their fullbacks and getting early crosses in. We need to cut that out and that is why I worry about this formation because if you're getting overloaded in the wings, they can get plenty of balls in the box and if if you were Rangers looking at Celtic, you'd look at that cup final and go, get balls in on top of that keeper because you don't know what he'll do. From what the evidence we've seen in the Hearts game, he's not very good at them so it could be a, a sink or swim for old Connor Hazard on Saturday. There's a lot of experienced players in that Celtic team, Stephen, and we saw against Hearts that the experienced Stephen Naismith caused a few wee issues for Connor Hazard. This is a this is a big game, as we keep saying. We don't need to impress it anymore. It's a game of experienced players in the opposition team. Are you got any worries about Connor Hazard going into this game? Well, I suppose only in the regard that as much as we're sitting here talking about you know small differences, you know the the. Key difference here is, regardless of what we think of Connor Hazard versus Vasilis Barkas, is that he's not Fraser Foster. Neither of them are, and he has been that small difference in the past. He, well, most notably the cup final, the Fraser Foster final, he was absolutely world class that day, and he was the difference between the two teams. Does Connor Hazard have that in him? Don't know is the honest answer. I don't think so, but I don't, I don't know because I've not seen enough of him yet. Connor Hazard has been. Fine so far He's been kind of fine He's had one poor game Recently against Hearts But I'm not going to Really hold that against him Because You know Everyone has them And especially this season Everyone's had poor games So I'm not going to you know, let, it, let that define his career for me He In some ways you know, Thoroughly deserves his place Because no one else Has grabbed it So If yeah. even by default He is the guy That should play We've not got anybody else There's you know, we can talk all we want about bringing Fraser Foster in in January or this than the United keeper. Doesn't matter just now. It's Connor Hazard's jersey until he, until he loses it. What that says about the recruitment, you know, is up for debate. But at the moment, we are going into a game, you know, ostensibly with Connor Hazard as the goalkeeper. I think people might end up, we might end up in the situation where he is the new Johnny Hayes and that people are so fed up with people, other people criticising him that they will defend him for absolutely no reason. They'll start throwing around things like, oh, but he never lets us down even though 
he might have on occasion severely let us down. So so I'm prepared for that to be the next backlash against the backlash battle among the fans, the Connor Hazard battle. But just now, am I happy about it? Not really, but I mean, I'm afraid that that is the cock with which we have to piss for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cocks with which to piss, I suppose the, this is the first uh, Glasgow derby we are going into for several years now where... Alfredo Morelos isn't the the hot topic. He isn't no. the kind of the big concern it. for yeah for a number Damn of it. different reasons. One that he's not scoring. He's not really scored all season, to be honest. And I'd be actually surprised if they played him against Celtic. When we've spoken about that in the past, it's because he can't be trusted in these games. Not only does he not score, he's a disciplinary issue. But going into this one, he's not really anything. He's he's a kind of been a bit part player for, for Rangers these these days. So I mean they thought they sold him and then went out and bought two <laughs> aye, replacements aye. and then nobody wanted aye. him because he was a fat exactly. little toad. <laughs> Mr. Toad. Um so for a change we're going into one of these games where he's not the main focus. We've already spoken about how effective the fullbacks can be and you know Tavernier is the top scorer. He's got a ridiculous amount of goals and assists this season. Even if you strip away the penalties, his goals from open play for a right back have been very important to them this season as well. What Ryan Christie cannot do, another thing Ryan Christie cannot do is be conceding oh, yes. free kicks around the edge of the box like Absolutely did against AC Milan. That is ruled out right now. That I'm putting my foot down, Ryan. You can't do that in this game. <laughs> Don't want to be giving them that weapon. Away from Morelos and Tavernier, Kimar Roof has emerged as a bit of a danger man for them. He's the guy who's in form and scoring goals for them. He doesn't often play through the middle. They've got a number of different options they could do up front. It tends to be Kent on the left and any combination of either Roof through the middle or Roof on the right with Morelos through the middle and you know, potentially Hadji on the right if they go with Roof through the middle. Mm. So I'm not sure what they'll go with. Me, if it was me, I wouldn't pick Morelos because he's, let's face it, he's not exactly... I hope they pick Morelos. I hope yeah, they pick me Morelos. Too. If it was me, I'd go with Morelos. I'd have Morelos. Well, it sounds a bit manky, but if I'd say if you're Celtic, you'd more, be more worried about Roof, Morelos and Kent and that's the exact thing. Morelos is... He's an absolute nuisance. He might not be the best player, mm. but he'll be winning free kicks all over the place because the Celtic defence do that to him. They give away stupid free kicks and the, the ref's going to give them. And So we, we know Celtic are going to get free kicks given against them and it's going to be dangerous. And there's only one team in the league that haven't been given a penalty against them this season. So no. it doesn't look like Celtic are getting a penalty either. I, I think we need to be really switched on to Rangers set-piece threat. We need to be super switched. And the problem is Rangers are strong from set pieces and it's an area that we are weak in. Um, but we need to be really, really strong. We need to be drilled on these set pieces. But I think first and foremost, you're right, Melly. We need to maintain our discipline and not be giving away silly yeah. free kicks in dangerous areas. I know it's a stupid thing to say because it's one of these things you never want to do. It's almost like don't concede goals. What I mean, what 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 is what's the option there? Do you know what yeah. I mean? If I, it's so easy to give away a free kick when you've got a player that's willing to hit the deck and a referee that's willing to give them. So that's something that Celtic need to really be switched on. Um, I think I hope Morelos plays because he doesn't score against us. But you're right, Melly. He has caused us problems in the past. Mm, yeah. This is just a game where Celtic need to be. It's. I'm trying to avoid platitudes, but at the end of the day, they just need to be... They Every just player need, needs to turn up, don't they? They we just can't. need to... Like, no excuse. Every player can has to look himself in the mirror from now, about after the Dundee United game, which we are definitely going to get to, until the Rangers game and go, right, this is, this is my whole season's building up to this. This is what I need to do. I know Neil Lennon said, you know, winning the cup final is a psychological release because maybe it was hanging over their head a wee bit, yada, yada, yada. This game's more important than the cup final. Oh, this game's yeah, far yeah, more right. important than the far more important than the cup final. You lose this and it's 
it's sweet dreams to ten in a row. So every player just needs to be mentally focused and mentally preparing themselves. As soon as that final whistle goes against Dundee United, the focus needs to be on this game. And we we need all our guys to turn up. And we're not asking them to do anything that out with their own ability. We just want no. all our players to play the way we know they can play. That's all yeah. we want. And I would even extend that to say that we need Neil Lennon to turn up in this game. Whatever Ooh, form yes. that takes, we need the coaching staff to be turning up as well. I do not want to see... Let's say, for example, things don't go to plan, things don't go as well as we hope, and Celtic are 1-0 down inside the first half or whatever, whatever happens. I do not want the camera to be cast across at the Celtic dugout and the two of those gibbons are sitting there shrugging their shoulders at each other and just kind of sitting there with their faces tripping them and all that. I don't want to see I that. Look, I want to see I'd... them. I, want to, I also don't want to see snooze cam. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not absolutely no snus. Stop, please, Neil Lennon, stop that, please. And if you need to see if you need to snus up, right? I don't know how long a piece of snus lasts. It looks pretty dense. It probably lasts about yeah. fifteen, twenty minutes. Go do, it half it in, do it at half time. Snus up yeah. at half time and then come out to the pitch side pre-snused, and then you don't yeah. need to yeah. pre-snused. But yes. that's deliberate. That's that's deliberate because what happens there is the cameraman will will be filming Neil Lennon probably for a lot of the game, and the director will see Neil Lennon stuffing snus in his gum, and the director will say, right, cut to snus cam. That's exactly, so <laughs> yeah. really that's a bit of a setup. I think. They should the, just keep the... a clip, just keep a clip and just use it two or three times a game, just cut to Neil Lennon sticking snus up his gum. It should just spark a snout, just, don't bother with <laughs> us, just get, like, just spark a snout in the pitch side. So I'll do a Mauricio Sarri. Mauricio Sarri used to just eat fags at the, the side of the cigarettes. as well, just, just go the whole hog. See this thing, why Stephen? I say this? Hold on a minute, boys. We're all talking at once and I've got a very important point to make, right? So everyone just relax. Stephen, I've got to take issue with you here. Um, I think if your Celtic Data app was on there, it would be beeping at this stuff about the the body language. Had I been able to finish the point, though, what I was was saying is, though... So he's getting salty at Christmas. Okay. I'm too too full of cheese for Christmas, lads. My heart's heart's not working properly. I've got high blood pressure for the amount of cheese I've consumed, so I'm getting excited here. What, What I mean by... Neil Lennon and John Kennedy's performance is not you're know, shrugging at each other. It's be able to change a game for the better if things mm. aren't going to plan because we don't see that often enough from our coaching staff, if at all. Do we ever see it, to be honest, do we ever see them making the right substitutions or the right minor tactical switches during games that actually benefit Celtic? Almost never, and it's been a big problem this season. That's what I mean by the Aye. management I thought you were, turning I up. thought you were going to go into body language, Cam. Aye. I thought you were going to go, all this garbage about John Kennedy, doesn't he smile, and, and, and Gavin Strachan's watching Pornhub <laughs> on his laptop <laughs> and all this sorts of stuff. No, nah, um, it's a lot of piss, uh, but, I want, but that doesn't... That doesn't excuse them from not doing their job, if you know what I mean. I, I don't. I don't care about the histrionics of you know, jumping up and down on the touchline and smiling or whatever people seem to hold important. I just want to see a an encouraging, active coaching performance from the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I could be saying this and could be three 0 up at half time, and you know the the coaches can go home at half time for all I care. <laughs> but I, I just mean in the in the off chance that it doesn't go well we need to see that from them because it's ultimately it's them that are under the pressure rather than the players here it's them that are fighting for their jobs 3-0 at half time I wouldn't even be <laughs> I wouldn't even be confident to finish that game Jamie <laughs> True. yes Melly what do you think about this Saturday the return 
of the snarling man, Neil Lennon at the side of the pitch. You want to see it, don't you? I'd, look, everyone knows that my favourite Neil Lennon is bring the thunder back Neil Lennon. And, and that's what I thought I was getting. That's what I thought I was getting last season. And look, I enjoyed the first couple of seasons of Neil Lennon. Um, yet last season, season five was pretty good, but I feel like season six of Neil Lennon has tailed off a wee bit and the, the character writing has, has suffered as a result. But you're Game right. Game of Thrones I'm, type of things. I they're kind of chucked in. just choking to get it over with now. <laughs> Basically, but right. I, I think you're right. I think we do need to see a bit of that, Neil. And I, I think we won't see it until after the game. See if we win the game, you'll see Neil Lennon back. I don't oh. think we'll be doing the Stephen Gerrard woo into the camera. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I want to see a bit. I want to see a bit of that. Neil Lennon is always talking about getting the gallusness back and having a bit of swagger about the team. I want to see a wee bit of swagger from my Celtic manager. Do you want to see one of those pictures that we've had many times over the years where there's actual physical steam rising off his head in one of those like, <laughs> those pictures of like, him snarling? Looks like Harry for Home Alone, just after he's had his head bump. Right, look, we are we are massively tempting fate here because what we've done is we've got two games to talk about this week uh, and we have just leapt right over Dundee United to talk about the Rangers game, which is really, knowing the history of this podcast and tempting fate, <laughs> A ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous, ridiculous thing to do because what could have happened or what may happen to your listener is that everything we've just spoke about is more or less redundant because Celtic didn't win against Dundee United. All yes. of the pre-match stuff, all the talk about whether the league's going to blah, blah, blah could be redundant and we're not giving Dundee United our place here because Dundee United are a top six side as they are sitting fifth in the league. Um, they're they're a bit of a mixed bag though it has to be said Dundee United last five games lost two drawn two one only one Celtic need to continue their form don't they Melly and just get they need to treat this as a, as much of a formality as we possibly can yeah it's a, it's a must win just the same as the any game coming up now we had to win every single game leading up to this Rangers game since the St Johnson one we've managed to do it in the league and we just have to do it the last couple of games, the performances have been creeping up. We've seen a bit of everything. The one thing from this Dundee United game we need to do is just simply win it. Simply win it and get through it. doesn't really matter about the performance because you can play well and not win, but we just need to win this game. Hopefully get through it with no injuries. And the only other thing I'd like to see is Odson Edwards scoring from open play. Apart from that, hmm. just three points is the only necessity. Dundee United are probably exceeding expectations for the season. They have been, as you yeah. said, Jamie, a bit of a mixed bag. I think they're almost exactly split into thirds in terms of wins, draws and losses. Is it, is it one, one six, drawn seven, lost six or something? It's very evenly split across the results anyway, something, something along those lines. So fifth just now is a good position for them, having just been promoted, but they are a bit kind of inconsistent. They do have goal scorers in their team who aren't, in fairness, really scoring goals. They've got Shankland, who you know, came with a big reputation, hasn't really hit the heights that everyone expected of him, who's no. banged the goals in the lower leagues. They've also got Mark McNulty, who has previously performed well in the league, You know, hasn't really clicked into gear yet. They've also got Nicky Clark, former Jers goal, oh, get, goal grabber. Uh, <laughs> Nicky Clark has been, has been their top scorer. I think he's got eight or nine goals or something this season. So... They do have decent players and you know I've always liked, there was an interview with Mickey Mellon in The Athletic not so long ago as well and he seems to speak quite well about football, he was, he was worth paying attention to, I think he's done a pretty good job so far, but you know all it boils down to is Celtic, I mean we can talk about Dundee United all we like, it's almost like the opposition right now is irrelevant until he gets the Rangers, Celtic simply have to win, they must win. In fact, do you know what? I nearly said almost every game there, but they need to win every game for the foreseeable oh, future until we're out of this mess. I thought, I, I thought Rangers would drop points against Hibs. 
to be honest with you. I thought yeah. that would be the weekend Rangers drop points against Hibs. They won against Hibs, but they weren't great. Particularly in the second half, mm. I think Hibs got the better of it, which gave me, which is, to be honest, most of the region, the reason I'm encouraged for this up and coming game against us, and part of the reason why I think Rangers' powers are on the wane ever so slightly. They have got St Mirren at the same time yeah. that we've got Dundee United. The game kicks off at exactly the same time. We rearranged our game uh, purposefully to play at the same time as Rangers no, because our game is originally made. Yeah, our game was originally meant to be later, but what we didn't want was giving Rangers that psychological edge yeah. of having won their game, and the players like to play at the, the same time. So we moved to Ibers. I don't Pissing expect off tens of St. thousands Mirren. of season ticket holders in the process, but fair enough, the, the oh, psychological advantage it. is important. But everybody's raging about it, understandably. You, you so, because people are like to work. when the fans are known the stadium as the Celtic <laughs> view. They're no, they're no here to moan anyway, so we'll do whatever we like. Sack the so manager. Nah, we're going to keep them. <laughs> Just on the Rangers and Hibs game, I didn't actually see much of it. I kind of had it on the background as I was kind of faffing about in that kind of post-Christmas haze where you're just kind of, kind of trying to keep yourself busy. I had it on the background, but I did laugh uproariously when Chris Boyd was talking about Rangers before the game. He was talking about how uh, Balogun was back in. I think they've been kind of alternating the, their defence a wee bit. You know, they've played Bassi, a left back, a few times, Barisic, others, Hellander, and sometimes Balogun. Balogun was back in for this game. And Chris Boyd said, hopefully that's to stop Hibs counter-attack. Dot, dot, dot. From a Rangers point of view, hopefully that's to stop Hibs' counter-attack. <laughs> it was honestly hilarious, man. He can't help himself. He's just a hun troll paid, no. paid for by side. Which is why anymore. you should... Uh, I know, which, which is why you should tune into the 20 Minute Tim's live preview show. Yes. The big game build-up. Exclusive video content on our Patreon. Ditch, Sky, get with us. It's a lot better. And do you know what? He's not the only one. John, uh, John Hartson on Celtic TV is a conveyor belt. Oh, he was on Sky, but he's just a conveyor belt of cliches. He, he's basically there to earn a wage and get up the road as soon as possible. <laughs> That's the vibe I get off of. That's the vibe if I get a John Hartson. Um, but just quickly to wrap up on Rangers, they've got St Mirren at the same time. I don't really see lightning striking twice as far as St Mirren are concerned. Jim Goodwin. Jim Goodwin, good Celtic man there. Yeah, uh, former but, Celtic, but, Celtic legend Jim Goodwin, bring him home. Aye, I don't, I don't really see that one happening. So please, Celtic, just look, please win against Dundee United and then yeah. bring us into the Rangers game fully focused, ready to turn our season around. If it makes you feel any better, right? I know the board are always saying what we want is the fans to back us. Like, that's magical powers. Like, that's magically going to turn things around. Here's here's what's happening, Celtic board. I believe in you. I believe Ooh. this team can... I, sorry, let me rearrange that. That was, I don't believe in you. When I say you, <laughs> I meant the players. I believe in the players. I can believe that we can win this game. It is a long shot. No neutral or Rangers fan, no one except a Celtic fan would think that Celtic can win this game at the weekend. That's just, I think, how it is. I thought uh, you'd been gotten to again there. I thought you were in the pocket <laughs> of Big PLC. Big PLC oh, controls Jamie again. Big they board. They control my opinions. Um, <laughs> no, I believe, I believe that this Celtic team can win this game. I really do. Uh, I know not every Celtic fan does and I don't think anyone that's not a Celtic fan does, but I genuinely believe that we can win this game and it is a, a real opportunity to grab this league by the balls because it is <laughs> slipping away from us. It was slipping away from us. It's like Indiana Jones. This is our chance to get our hat just in the nick of time before that <laughs> thing shuts. Um, yeah. But if we don't, if we don't win that game, boys, I suspect next week's podcast will have an entirely different tone. Because if you don't win that, and the league is over by January, 
there is no excuse for keeping their manager. None whatsoever. No. He, he simply must go. You're going to review it in the new year. Here's the new year. The league's over. We're out of the cup. We're basically pissed the season up against the wall for day one. Change is required. That's how serious this game is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. There would be no justification for continuing. As None. we, we teed up with the, at the very start of this, this is what all the, the kind of rancor, the battle with, between the fans and the board has been building up to. This is the only reason the fans have shut up just now, right? We're fine. We were Not asked to Christmas. buy into this. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas, of course. I. We've been asked to buy into this, which, you know, like it or not, we've had been forced to do. <laughs> been forced to buy into it. We've been forced to get behind it. All, all the usual cliches and all the pitch they've been hitting us with in their statements. But it rears its ugly head again come the 2nd of January. That may be an unreasonable thing to do. That may be unreasonable to sit no, here no. and go, ah, you either win this or you're all gone. But, but, it's, the, but fairness, it's the deal they made us. It's right, just, it's exactly. the deal they made us. 100%. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I mean. They, see if they never included that phrase, Melly, we will review it in the new year. We would have went, oh, fuck, we're stuck with him for the rest of the season, right? <laughs> but they said, we will review it in the new year. And what that to me means is, it's the 2nd of January. It is but a new year. And if, <laughs> if, we are out, if we are out of the league by the 2nd of January, then I want to see changes. I want to see the results of that review because if you are generally going to review it, Melly, you can't possibly go, I things were shite then. They're shiter now, but we're still not going to change it. <laughs> in fairness, they didn't specify when in the new year they were going to review it. It might or be which May. which new year? <laughs> Turn over the statement and on the back of it, it actually says May yeah. 2021 <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. going to review it. It's down to Lennon because we know the players can do it. We believe in the players. It's just whether he can tactically outclass Gerard because he's been found wanting the last three games against him. We have to do we have to get a result in some way or another, whether it's by hooker, crook and look the day after we leave Ibrooks, we go straight to Dubai. So if Lennon does, loses that, he cannot be on that plane. But at the same time that like, you can't send the team away about a manager for a week's <laughs> training. So we're just gonna be stuck in this limbo no matter what. So that's we've, we couldn't sack Lennon at the time because he was in the Christmas advert and that would have been embarrassing. And now we can't mm. sack him because he's got a ticket for Dubai for the next yeah. day. That's yeah. ridiculous. And you're not getting refunds on flights at the moment the way things are. <laughs> no. So that might as well just might as well keep him in a job. And on that <laughs> bombshell, we shall wrap up. It's win or bust. Celtic beat Dundee United. Then it's win or bust. Stephen. Yes, cheers folks. Have a have a good new year because, well, we'll be on Patreon the whole time. You know where to find us, but in terms of the flagship crew on here, talking about them as if they're different people, mm. it's always us. Uh, always us. Yeah, always in terms the of the flagship, thing. you have a good new year and we'll, we'll speak to you the other side of it where we'll, we'll be talking about said review. Uh, so yeah, have a good one folks. Enjoy the game. Enjoy folks. Have a happy new year. Oh my, Stephen, we need to speak. These to are getting about yeah. these. Uh, <laughs> these apps, if it's not Obviously have a Merry Christmas or a happy new year these are getting uh, uh, these are getting worse okay thank you for listening normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.